Welcome to the Partridge Podcast presented by Exodus 4x4. Okay, today we're talking about spotters and how important they are, right? What? I forgot. Hold on. I forgot my notepad. Man, I'm looking around in the parts room here and I see a lot of things we need to sell before we move. I should do a garage sale, right? Yeah. I think once we get everything moved over to the new building, we'll just kind of hold back what we don't want to move and we'll do a garage sale here. Whatever we don't have to move would be a plus to me. Yeah. So back to it, we're talking about spotters and the usefulness of spotters, the importance of spotters. Well, how would you refer to it, Tony? I think they're vital, especially if oh, you've yeah. uh, been on the trail before. Um, great spotter. You can't uh, underestimate how good or how nice it'll be to have one. Yeah. I guess we should explain to the few people that don't know what a spotter is, what a spotter is and what they do. Ryan, you want to take a stab at it? I'll correct you if you're wrong. I don't doubt I don't. that. <laughs> I, I mean, that's I what I get I paid to do around here. Tell you when you're wrong. Some of your eyes and ears and everything else outside of the vehicle would be uh, oh, no. my best definition of that. I guess mm-hmm. somebody who's experienced though is definitely yeah. And we'll get more into that, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, eyes for outside of the vehicle, the parts of the vehicle you can't see and where it's hitting on the ground. Yeah. Okay, Tony. What do you think? You agree with that? Definition yeah. of a spotter? I would I would go further. If you've got a good spotter, they're actually the driver. They just don't have a hold of the wheel. So Ooh. if you've got you've got a good spotter and you got a good driver, that's the way it probably works. It's almost remote control. Almost remote right? control. Bluetooth Bluetooth wheeling, Bluetooth basically, driver. when you got a good spotter. I would agree with that. Okay. All right. So we'll go into that and, and uh we got some video that we're gonna share as well as we talk tony we got some cool stuff um ryan's actually got his laptop plugged into the black magic so we'll be showing the video in real time as we talk about it so spotters very important to running on a trail not the whole trail really it's it's just really when uh i would say inexperienced drivers even experienced drivers can't see where they're going I know new, some of the new vehicle platforms, the JLs started putting cameras in the front. The Bronco has uh, went a little bit further, put cameras in the mirrors so that you can actually see not only, not just in the front, but also the side profile of the vehicle. So it kind of kind of took away some need of the spotter, but it, in no way did they replace the spotter. I think you still, you still got an ADA spotter out there, right? Uh, yeah, just a side note here. Is the... The ones in the mirrors, Tony, I guess, well, you all can answer this now. Um, are they like fisheye lenses like the front one is? I don't think or? so. No, they're pretty, oh. they're pretty, pretty accurate. Nice. Okay. All right. Just curious. Yeah. Good, 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 good point, Ryan. You did good. Thank you. You get a star next to your name. <laughs> when you get three, I'll give you a lollipop. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so spotters super important out there, uh, especially on the newbie runs and stuff like that. We, we always generally will take a spotter with us uh, to set up in the, you know, in the somewhat difficult obstacles. As we're still explaining what a spotter is to people that aren't familiar, they typically stand on the other side of the obstacle. Hardly ever are there enough radios, you know, and, and stuff synced up well enough for them to communicate with the driver back and forth, driver to, to spotter. So you usually want to stay close enough that the person driving or spotting, that they can hear each other very well. Then they will sort of guide them through the obstacle, telling them which way to go, how maybe how to hit the obstacle, whether they need to bump over or to crawl over or whatever. They're usually explaining how to, to 
attack the obstacle and overcome it. One of the key things about spotters is they don't say left or right. They always say driver or passenger because that can get very confusing out on the trail. They should anyway, right? Uh, They should. They should be uh, using the terms driver and passenger. That way the guy driving it knows it doesn't confuse them. They don't have to question. They know whether they need to turn passenger or whether they need to turn driver. But I don't want to get too deep into that because that's a whole other thing. Tony, what do you think? What is one of the most important attributes of a spotter on the trail? There's, there's two different types of spotters I like. I, one that I know and trust, um, somebody that spotted for me, for instance, you, BBG, or Pat. Mm-hmm. I know you guys know how I will when I'm a heavy foot, when I'm not. So having that familiarity, I have a lot of trust in that. So um, you have that. You have the guys that you will with all the time that, that know you, know your rig, and know your style. But then there's also those spotters that you get to run into on larger trips that know the trail really, really well. And so where I see that work, fantastic is they they know the the line that rig if you go out to moab and you're on one of those runs at ejs they know the line they've spotted about every stinking rig you can think of on that thing and they know where to put you so that's those are the two ideal situations somebody who knows the trail really really well and uh, knows various vehicles responses to that or somebody that you will with all the time so those those are the two things that i really really like whenever i'm out there because i hear some people you know and you said something about newbies i just want to say it before i forget it if you're out on a trail in the beginning, there's no shame in the game to get a spot. That's the whole idea as a Absolutely. newbie, how to be spotted. Yeah, learn the terms. That's that's what you want. That's what you're there for. There's really nothing to brag about to go, I made it up without a spot versus you had to be spotted. That's that's not the purpose of a newbie run. So Yeah. Um, uh, you know. Even experienced guys, not on newbie runs. Uh, oh, yeah. Same thing, you know. I mean – that's that can be frustrating is when you're out on a run and not a newbie run, but you're just out there and you know you know you get to a difficult obstacle that even the most experienced people may need a, a set of eyes outside the vehicle, and you get a you get a guy coming in that wants to be he's too proud to take a spot. I've seen that backfire pretty hard on some guys before. So even if you think you're the best or that you have a lot of experience out there, um, usually if there's a spotter outside the trail and that guy knows you and he's trying to give you a spot, you might want to take his advice because he knows even though you may be experienced, you're still going to need some help on this one because maybe he hasn't gotten out and kind of talked with everybody about the obstacle. He doesn't know what there may be something beyond it that he doesn't know about. Mm-hmm. So never be afraid to take advice from a spotter and usually like i said man if a spotter's out there and he knows you he may just wave you through and go yeah man you know what you're doing here and uh yeah they give you kind of a guidance so i mean that's that kind of thing like when you're at paladero yeah um same thing bart does is he's like hey man you know go up the left side when you get you know, halfway up turn hard passenger turn hard driver whatever and, and hit it and mm-hmm. so when he knows you and he knows he can trust you and what you're going to do you're you get more of a guidance than a spot you're right, man, like that hardcore stuff we did on the shoot where you, you had to talk me, I mean, foot by foot through that thing because it was completely blind to me from as high as it was. All I could see was rock and a little bit of my hood. So, you know, those are two two different situations, and neither of them bothered me. Neither of them hurt my feelings. I'm, I'm glad to be able to wheel to live another day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, how about yourself? What do you think? Well, that, uh, What do you like in a good spotter? Uh, well, I think Tony was on to something there, either know the driver or know the trail. Um, I think that's important. Uh, definitely. I, I would 100% agree with that. My question is, uh, especially since y'all do a lot more, 
uh, Tony especially too, the traveling and wheeling is um, if you're on a trail with somebody who you don't know, um, do you tend to ask before you help with the spot or I mean, how's that, how does that go? I, typically I wheel with people I know. So. You're talking about if you're the spotter? Right. If Well, even if you're just another driver, but you've already done the obstacle or you can, you know, you're just an outside perspective that could help. Is that something you just want to automatically help? Or do you say, hey, would you like my help? Or I think, you know what, man, I, before we get too far in this, let me just say that I enjoy spotting more than I enjoy actually driving, like wheeling. A lot of that comes from, I just like watching people who lack confidence in what they're doing out there overcoming something and gaining confidence in it. So it's really fun to watch those people uh, kind of work through an obstacle and then get on the other side of it and feel like, wow, I didn't think I could do that, man. Thank you for the spot and all that, you know. So that's where I'm from. I like, I prefer to actually spot when I go out wheeling. So that being said, if I'm driving, like if I go out somewhere and I'm driving over stuff, you know, and I, and I feel like, wow, this is kind of a difficult spot. If, if I'm up in, towards the lead of the, you know, the group or whatever, I'll push out as far as I can, as fast as I can over that obstacle. And then I'll jump out and I'll go back and kind of help them. And hopefully that guy will do the same for the back guard or I pulled enough far ahead that I can get everybody through it. Uh, but typically I do that whenever I feel like this is something that if I don't get out and help somebody, they may get caught here and this may ruin the whole day for a lot of people, whether we're going to bottleneck the trail or whatever. If I think it's bad enough, I'll, I'll usually run it by that guy that's behind me and, you know, have him get out of the, get out of the vehicle, walk over there, look at it with me, see what I, see, you know, have him see what I see. And then, you know, whether he let him decide whether he needs me to spot him or not. Some guys, you know, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done this trail. I know, I know exactly what to do here or whatever. So if I'm driving and somebody is out there and offering a spot, I'll usually take that spot. You know, you will. Okay. Oh yeah. That was 100%. kind of my question. hundred percent. I mean, unless it's a trail that I've been on, countless times that obstacle never changes some obstacles change every time it rains yep. and so you know if you know that trail well enough to know that then you should be just taking the spot without question but if this is something that you know like you've done this let's go a good example you go to Katimsi rocks and you're gonna you're gonna drive over a school bus right yeah like you've done this how many times yeah you usually know how to line up on that thing and take it over so you don't necessarily you tell like a hey I'm going to hit this thing hard. You don't want to be standing there. Might want to get out of the way. So, which we'll get it. We need to talk about spotter safety later on also. If I, if I rolled up on an obstacle and I saw a guy standing there to spot me, I would just take the spot. So. Okay. Yeah, that was kind of my question. Yeah. I typically will, like I said, I typically, you know, off-road with people that I know. So I don't run into the the person that I don't know yeah, offering it's, a spot. And that that's kind of, you know. And I have some people that I do know that I don't let spot me, you know? <laughs> and it's not that I, you know, it's just because I know they're newer at it. I was newer at it one time. I wouldn't want to jump in there and spot somebody not knowing what I know now. Well, that's where uh, there's good spotters and there's bad spotters. I think Tony knows where I'm about to go with this. When you're on an obstacle and you pull up and there's eight people standing at it, you know what I've I, I've been and I've been in that situation recently where you know you're standing there and you start to spot somebody. You got a guy on the completely opposite side over there and he's yelling out at the driver too. I'll shut everything down and tell those guys, "Hey, one spotter, that's it. You yeah. can stand here. I don't give a shit. But I know this guy. He trusts me. He doesn't want you talking. And 
because how frustrating is it to be on a trail, especially a gnarly obstacle, and you're in, you know you got your jeep, you don't you know unless it's just a, a a buggy, right? And you just you don't care if you smash that thing up. You got a really nice jeep, you know. You got a lot of money into it, maybe not a lot of money into it. Doesn't matter. I mean, you're really proud of your jeep. You don't want to tear it up. It's a daily driver. You got a bunch of people out there yelling at you all, maybe the same thing, maybe a bunch of different things or whatever. It doesn't take long for that driver to have a meltdown in that seat because they're just overwhelmed with information, stress, all kinds of stuff. So it's super important that whoever's out there spotting is the only person. There's only one person spotting unless I've done this before. I've had other guys uh, post up on the other side of the obstacle. And at some point they may have to take over because I can't get, I can't see what they can see vice versa. Right. Or, at some point that vehicle is going to break over the obstacle or something. And I'm not going to be able to see what that, what the other guy can see. It's super important to establish before anybody starts attacking an obstacle, who's, who's doing the shot calling there. And that the driver knows that, Hey, at some point you're not going to be able to see me. You need to be looking for the other guy. Um, and you need to make sure I get out of the way or whatever, but you just need to make sure you have a clear understanding of who's doing what, whenever that starts taking place. So. And I know I've even ran like a spotter and an observer, if you will. Somebody that's just going to watch yeah. a tire that I can't see yeah. and give me hand signals to let me know instead of verbally saying something so that I'm the only one speaking at the time. You know, that might be something we need to set up locally with some people is, is doing a spotting class, period. And you just take one vehicle out, right? That'd be fun. You take a group of people out and have them walk the trail with you. I mean, that's the biggest thing. For me, I like walking the trails when I'm spotting. I don't... I usually, you know, Tony, I'll jump. I won't even take my Jeep sometimes. I might yep. go there, but I'll, I won't even take it on the trail. I'll leave it behind at the trailhead or wherever, punch it out to the end of the trail and have somebody come back me up or whatever, take me back and I'll ride along. And typically when you, when, when I go wheeling around here, you won't even find me in my vehicle. Most of the time I'm walking the trails. Tony, you've seen me do this and, and correct me. I mean, you do it probably as well, but I'll get a few Jeeps through. And somebody else will be up there spotting and they kind of do, they kind of share the same techniques that I do with spotting or they see the same techniques that I'm trying to, you know, convey to the drivers. And then I can kind of pass it off to that guy and walk ahead to the next obstacle and start kind of looking over, making sure that I have a good plan for these guys and start, you know, and we'll just sort of leapfrog that. We'll keep uh, round robin in that, that responsibility. And I think that's the best way to do it, especially if you're on a long trail, but I get a lot of enjoyment out of walking the trail ahead of everybody. That's all we did. Uh, the second day, of, what was it? South Air challenge. I videoed and we walked the whole, the whole damn thing, but it was so much fun. Um, just to watch, you know, people hit that stuff and get good video and watch the spots. Learned a ton about spotting. That yeah. Day too. I'm not the first one in line to spot. Um, but if I watch, you know, I watch a couple of spots through there. I can usually get a pretty good idea of uh, how to keep at least, the wheels on the ground yeah i think a lot of times i'll jump in and just start the spotting because uh i've seen what happens if i don't and i'm not saying i'm the best at it by any means but man i've, I've seen some bad spotters jump out in front and start putting people in bad situations wrong situations for the rig i mean i've well, seen more than anything you, they're trying to put a guy on 35s on a, on a 40 line you know, you or know on a buggy. it helps to have experience in a lot of different platforms when you're spotting, especially Jeeps. You know, you can be out there with a group that has, they can all be on 40s, right? But they don't have the same wheelbase. You have JKs, 
um, JKUs, you'll have TJs and LJs, you know, a gladiator like we had in our group. And those guys all wheel differently. You know, the TJ, the LJ seems to kill it for me. I, I think that thing just, out of all the different platforms, if you're watching in a group of Jeeps uh, on the same trail, it seems like the LJs just seem to do everything. They're just lighter and they have a nice good wheelbase to them. The JKs, you can really see they're fat and heavy, especially the big builds with the 60s and the 40s and the Hemis and the, or the LSs or whatever. They got, you know, weighing up around between six and 7,000 pounds. It's just tough to get them up and over obstacles. And believe me, you don't think that number is real, but we weighed them and that's how much they weigh. So I think it takes a good spotter has experience in, in mul multiple platforms uh, that are in the same group. So knowing how an LJ is going to run the same obstacle as a JK and a TJ or gladiator, like we did in that group, they all did it differently, but you knew kind of like, I, I think that's why I kind of jumped in and did the spotting because having a gladiator and pretty much all those platforms at some point and knowing how they wheel, particularly the gladiator just wheels so much differently. It takes a, it takes a special kind of spotter. That long wheelbase is different for sure. Well, the wheelbase is different, but the overhang on the rears, you know, yeah. um, and I've seen these things when you get the right spotters out there can actually uh, wheel as good or better sometimes than the other platforms. So I think it's important that that guy has experience in different platforms. All right, let's throw this video up and we'll show, is it, is it bad spotting? Tony, would you consider this bad spotting? Okay. The first, the first one we're going to watch yeah. is the heart attack hill. The one you sent us the, the white, TJ looks like so white TJ or is it an LJ? It's a TJ or an LJ coming down <laughs> a very steep hill known as Heart Attack Hill. And where's this? Marego Springs, Anza, Anza. Yeah, so I think we'll uh, we'll include the link. I think somewhere. Okay. In the description, maybe. All right. So let me go ahead and switch to it here. We're going to try this out. Okay. I can actually see it. Oh, you, you can? can see it. Oh, on yeah, the camera. <laughs> oh, perfect. Okay. So. I don't know how to describe what the spotter is doing, but there's definitely a lot of two-handed waving, and each hand is doing something a little different. Yeah, that's a good, just stop it right there, because that's a good point. The hand signals aren't really, they're contradicting each other. It looks like one hand is doing like a swirly, swirly thing, and the other one's up. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when you're wheeling, like even out at uh, Moab at EJS, those guys don't, they don't speak too much when they're spotting you. Um, they're, they're hundred percent hand signal and, uh, this guy's hand signals is just a little bit confusing to be fair to the driver of this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really important that this communication is established before you start the spotting, right? Like what certain hand signals mean. Um, I haven't had too many problems with that. Most people, I try to use hand signals that are pretty straightforward and obvious, yep. but if not, you know, I need to explain that, you know, this means stop. This I've seen some crazy forward. ones. I thought I joined a gang one time. but What's that? <laughs> I don't know what hand signs they just threw me, but I think I joined a gang. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. my blood or crypt. What does that yeah. mean? <laughs> they gave me this bandana when I was done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me go back here. It was pink. All right, it was pink. Okay, so I'll probably stop it right where he gets kind of uh, – pretty where he shouldn't be i guess yeah 
um, yeah. which shouldn't be cameras. So now, okay, so we were talking about this earlier, Bubba. This guy's now spotting from, or was it Tony? I was talking about yeah. with this. Okay, sorry. This guy's now spotting from the driver's side mm-hmm. and has no visual on the passenger side okay. whatsoever. So before we go any further on that, also, I want to point out, where is the spotter standing in relation to the vehicle? In the beginning, he was standing in front of it. Now he is now standing even with it looks like right at the front uh, tire on the driver's side. But does it look like if the vehicle flipped, it could flip towards him and 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 smash him? If he were a little passenger right now, see, yes. and that that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I that I wanted to bring up in this is that a good spotter knows where he is at at all times. Meaning, you know, you gotta be very careful if you're out there spotting that you're not going to put yourself in a dangerous position where if something were to go wrong very quickly uh that you would you would be in a safe position and not bringing harm to yourself like you want to make sure that they're doing a good job and that they they're getting the best spot out of it but you want to make sure also at the same time that you're not going to get killed if that thing were to go the wrong way and this may be one of those examples too being that it's such a steep hill this may be one of those examples where what you're talking about where you go from one spotter to the next Yes. Because the ability for this guy to go down the hill safely on foot is just as hard as we'll see for it to go down in a Jeep. Yeah, and one thing to point out also is when when you're running multiple spotters like that, I always make sure that that spotter, that I always confirm with him, like, hey, you got this, and that guy needs to roger back to me that he's taking over spotting. Like, you never want to just assume that because that guy might be doing some spotting, then he knows he's in total control of that. So. I always like to make sure that guy knows, hey, man, this is on you from now on. You need to make sure you're paying attention to this guy 100%. You know, just because he may be over there just kind of like throwing me some information, not necessarily the driver. But once he takes over, I like to know that he handed it off, that's been handed off the right way. So, anyways, continue on with the video. Okay, so being from the driver's side, he can't see the passenger side. Although I felt he should have seen that right there, leaning and... This is this is where it, just, it kind of starts. Yeah, this to go is where. South. Yeah, this is where it goes, starts to go south. I paused it right now. He's literally already on his side. It didn't take but a second to happen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying with spotters. If you're out there, and you you need to be in a you need to be positioning yourself. So when this this starts to happen, it took a split second. Like the amount of time that it takes you to pause it, it's already on its side. Yes, and a note: it's on its side where the guy was just standing, not even. Three or four seconds prior. And generally speaking, you have more reaction time to pause this video than that guy would to react. Yes. Yeah. So think about that. This is happening in real time as you're watching that video. It's not speed. It's not. It hasn't been sped up or slowed down. So it's yeah. happening so fast that you probably wouldn't have time to take care of yourself. Right before he sent her, the Jeep it. up the uh, right hand side, you know, up that ledge. Yeah. As Bill was dropping in a hole, two bad things. The driver had the instinct to turn in towards the spotter. Mm-hmm. Had the instinct, felt it to turn in the right direction to, yeah. to turn in the lean, and then listened and went back up the hill. And you could see the wheel turn the direction it needed to go, and then took the advice and went up the turn ledge. Back. Yeah. yeah, you know that's something, man. You ever you notice <laughs> when you're wheeling and you're kind of going through some light light obstacles? Not nothing, nothing necessarily that takes a spotter, but yet the jeep will kind of kind of wants to find its own way through the trail a lot of times so yeah there are times when you need to kind of avoid the instincts of the vehicle itself i guess you could call it that, i don't know but uh and take the advice of the spotter in this case it didn't work out 
or just ask. I mean, I've, I've stopped before and I've been like, are you sure? Yeah. And they've been, they've been like, dude, you're not even leaning. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> it feels a lot worse inside than it looks outside. Always sometimes, does. 100%. Always does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, okay. Carrying on. Sorry. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, for lack of a better way to say this, uh, the video kind of goes downhill from here. Um, literally. Play it. <laughs> quite literally. Play it. Um, Just play it, man. Let yeah, it roll. I'm playing it. <laughs> Let it roll. <laughs> Let that baby Let roll. Could have said that at a more perfect time. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah. There's just and there's a lot of people around this obstacle. Yeah. Too. That's another thing that's really super scary. Mm-hmm. Is how many people. So. Yeah, I think I think a spotter also should be paying attention not only to the vehicle but you know the other people out there. That's yeah. that's a good point, Ryan. You're bringing up right now is. Uh, Maybe that I, – I feel like the spotter's in control of the whole trail. That's how I feel. Like, him and the driver have the utmost priority. The spotter is in con- control and command. And everybody else out there, if they're not going to – if they're not, you know, part of that equation, then uh, if the, if one of those guys says, hey, I need you to get out of the way, I need you to do this or that, whatever, then the, then the people, you know, people not in the vehicle need to be listening to the spotter as well. And you only really run into, like, I've only really run into that with people that, uh, you know, I want to video this for my friend, you know, and stuff like that. But I've never had a problem with anybody, like, not being nice about not standing somewhere where the vehicle can run them over. Most people will get out of the way with no problems. Yeah. Yeah, true that. How many people at the bottom of that hill were wondering what that guy was going to do with that TJ when he was done with it? (laughs) Are you okay? Oh, thank heavens. Hey, I'll buy this before you salvage title it. Exactly. How much for the full doors? Yeah. <laughs> I noticed they didn't get dented. That was that video. Um, I'll be pulling up the other video if you want to. Great. Go. Yeah. So that's a good example of, um, you know, what is it a good example of, Tony? I think it's uh, questionable spotting and the driver not trusting their instincts, maybe just a little bit, I bet. Yeah. I bet when that, where that driver goes, I knew better. So it's a good time to just hold, pause, look at the spotter. And go, are you sure? Or to ask for a second opinion. I mean, it's your rig. You're ultimately responsible all the way down the hill. It's your insurance. It's your Jeep. It's your liability. Um, it's your what happened. Yeah. And the people that you might roll over. So, um, there's no shame again in the game of finding out, you know, get a second opinion or uh, back down. If you, yeah. even with a spotter, if you're not that confident, if you, you know, the spotter's there to get you through when you don't have, maybe have the confidence or the knowledge or whatever about the obstacle, but if even after a spotter's telling you, look, man, uh, you, you can do this. You, I got you. Don't worry about it. You, I can get you through this. If you still don't feel confident in it, then just back down. There's no shame in that. Get out of the way until, and then maybe watch some other people go through if you haven't already. Um, watch to this guy and just watching a couple other rigs go through, you might gain confidence in that spotter or yourself, uh, both to get over through that and, um, and then try it or not bypass it. Are you going to be buying drinks later for everybody else? Maybe, but you know, whatever. <laughs> at some point, you're at some point you you should get confident enough in all of this that that's not going to be an issue. And don't let other people peer pressure you into uh, doing some of this shit if you don't want to do it. Yeah, as simple as that. Live the wheel another day. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I know I've spotted several people up one obstacle, and then not spotted someone up an obstacle after a couple tries and just told them to back down just mainly because the driver's skill or their confidence and you know and not just based upon 
Huh? Yeah, three times. Three tries. Yeah, three tries, three, you're out. And then we're pulling line or you're backing down or whatever, but yeah, yeah, you got three, three tries. Very good wheelers. Very competent wheelers. Just have issues, and then after the third try, they stop. And I know damn well they could have got up it, but that's just that's just kind of the rule. It's it etiquette, out this man. time, yeah. It's etiquette. You know, in your group of five, five, six, seven Jeeps or whatever, and you, you know, you don't want to spend, spend all day spinning your wheels or whatever, hitting a wall out there. So just get over it. Get over yourself, you know, so it's not that big of a deal. So, and you might, you know, whatever, you might get to the next obstacle and just absolutely kill it, redeem yourself. So no big deal on backing down. You got that other video pulled up? Yes, I do. I have not seen this video. Okay, so, so I have no video, idea what y'all are talking about. This video is actually at a Jeep Safari in Moab from 2015. A fairly skilled spotter, it looks like. He's doing all the hand signals and everything else like that. Uh, I, Tony seems to think this was a either a new driver or an un, unconfident driver, correct, Tony? Is that what you said? That's my take on it, not knowing. Yeah. Um, I know what the right right to be wrong. But the, the spotter seems to be doing a lot of things right. And I don't know. I feel like maybe the spotter didn't know the driver very well. There's a couple of instances where the spotter was super close to the Jeep. And yes. the guy sits and pins it and almost gets him. Yes. So I think that might be the disconnect. I'm wondering if this is a trail spotter and this is somebody on the trail that he didn't know that well. Um, so, so that being said, these these Jeep safaris that you go to, because you, you all are, I think you all are going this year, right? These spotters are already at these obstacles, correct? They're usually in your trail group with you. Oh, okay. Be, okay. I didn't know if they were just standing out there waiting for each group to come through or. Nah. Because I've never been. It, they send you out in the, with two bottles of Dasani in the morning and an exactly. umbrella. Yeah, well, and some, hmm? you know, I, and I, I didn't. <laughs> oh, wait, that's the Bronco one. My bad. Oh, oh wow. Fancy. Are you all through the video yet? No, we haven't even started <laughs> oh, yet. Shit. Okay, okay, what? let's start it now. I checked out. Yeah, okay, we're starting it now. Okay, I've got it pretty much, uh, you know, just like before. I'm going to pull it up and watch it on my phone while you do this. Let me back it up because that's where he almost gets. So the guy's guiding him right now with finger gestures. Right there is where he almost gets hit by the driver. Um, just because, I guess, like Tony said, not knowing the driver. Well, at this point as a spotter, you 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 should know that you've got a heavy-footed driver. Yeah. That he's gonna not going to finesse through this. He's going to try to power through. And that's okay. I mean, I, I, well, we're you see up. me on Mr. Ugly. I, don't, I have a heavy foot. <laughs> you're the heavy footer yeah but he's still standing in front of him that's what amazes me is after all this you know almost getting run over he's still standing in front of him oh we're stacking rocks yeah he stopped i skipped that part and we are now over on our side that quickly it happens so fast that's what's crazy the guy didn't want to crawl it right so no, I, he still feel, I feel like the spotter was doing a, a pretty good job uh hand signals were good yeah, I'll go back to that. To the the driver was um, the driver was hitting it pretty hard, though. I think it was something that maybe the spotter was expecting to be crawled rather than hit. Um, and that's and then when it started going over, he kind of stayed on the throttle a little bit. Look like. Yeah, let me, let me go back to what you're talking about with the hand signals and stuff. This is obviously before he went over. The spotter's really good with hand signals. I don't but like you, how close he is in front of the vehicle, though. Well, he was holding his hand up for a stop, if you look, and the and the guy was still going. Yes. So. Yeah. Here's the stacking rocks that Bubba was talking about. So, yeah, I think 
I don't know what's a better position. I mean, if he knows the top of the trail good enough, I guess that's a better position for him. Now he can see front and back tires, but. I'm looking at the minute 43 mark on this one. I'm like, uh, what, we're not what is this guy talking to? You'll see. If you pause it like minute 43 or whatever, the vehicle's already on its side. And the guy's making some like gestures. Anyways, just something I noticed. I hadn't watched that video yet until now. So. Okay, so now we're oh, watching. I, we're watching the party's about to go over. Go ahead, Tony. Sorry. Yeah, no, you, you can play this part. I think when when they upright it, there's another opportunity to learn. That that thing runs on its side. Um, for uh, they're telling, trying to get him to shut it off, and he won't. Yes, I mean, he, I mean, obviously he's on its side. He's freaked out. I would be too. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't shut it off. They're trying to get him to shut it off. But when they upright it, there's a whole different set of issues. Oh. Um, that people about get hurt, and this is where you know. Whoever's in command should be in command because the driver at this point out of the, kind of out of it. He's sitting in the seat on his side. Yeah. And we'll get to what Tony's talking about here in just one second. We've got to watch him topple again. Yeah, I'm looking at this now. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's rough. So the audio in this is rough too because there's a dog in there and it's hurt. And it's yes, you can hear him crying. Yeah. Yeah. The dog runs off though, so everybody who's so this is a behind the rocks trail. And for those for those watching, I don't know if you clarified it or not. So we're talking about a two-door JK trying to go up, get up on top of the ledge, you know, from the bottom. Mm-hmm. And uh just takes a a bad line, man. I thought yeah. I mean So just so let me pause this because I know we're gonna have some people. Uh over here is the dog. It is fine and safe. Yep. <laughs> okay. But it doesn't sound like it is, it man. I'll be yeah, it, on the audio <laughs> man, it's scary if you the like. The dog comments. is hurt. Yeah. Or so oh, man. Yelps. Yes, yeah, lo- lots of them. Yeah. All right. So the dog is fine. We've established the that the canine the is, dog is, is fine. Infected. Walking on all fours is fine. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So here's what Tony was talking about as far as getting the Jeep back over. Yeah. So 50 guys come from God knows where. Yeah, um, some yeah. are on the side. Some are grabbing the wheels on the passenger side, trying to pull it down. Yeah. Uh, then as soon as it flops back down, it rolls backwards. Yes. Yep. So, because they forgot to tell the driver to pull the e-brake. Let me pause it right there. So you've got how many guys we count behind the rig, downhill from the rig. Yeah. Is what, it's six, seven up. guys? There's nothing. There's no winch line on the there is not a witch line on the front of the Jeep, you know, or anything tied off anywhere. I mean, you could talk about the recovery aspect of that later on, but I mean, there's just a ton of people standing all around this vehicle. And when they flop it back over, it rolls back. So, I mean, I don't know if that's what we're really talking about here other than, you know, like that goes back to what I was saying. Somebody needs to be in control. Somebody needs to be making decisions and telling everybody so that everybody knows what's going on. But you have what, there's probably a good 15 to 20 people out there around this thing at some point. Uh, yeah, I'm Yeah, I'm kind of close to 20. Just and like they all got their own idea of what's going on. You know, unless you need to, you know, like, slow down. You don't need to throw that thing back over right away. You're not gaining anything by doing that. But the guy that's out there, if, if he's been doing a good job so far or whatever, just delegate him to be the guy that's, okay, what are we doing now? What's the plan? You know, like... And there should have been a plan. It doesn't look like there was a plan other than, hey, let's just throw this thing back up on its on its uh, tires and try again. But uh, just a, just I, there's a lot going on in that video. Yeah. So yeah, I think my main my main takeaways were the spotter was better 
than the last one. He had good hand signals. He had good lines, good ideas. The driver was heavy footed. Yeah. And at that point, the spotter didn't identify that, talk him out of that or change his spotting uh, practices for the heavy foot for the guy that was wanting to power up. Yeah. So for the most part, you know, there's going to be spotters of all different flavors and sizes out there, but you know, it, it comes with experience. And I think, um, I think the more experience you can get in a spotter, the better you're going to be at it. Um, like, and, and if you know you're running in a group of a bunch of different assorted vehicles and, you know, let's say you got a JK out there and you got a Bronco or jail or Bronco, you know, a Wrangler sawed axle and in an, in an IFS car or out there, they're going to come will completely different. And so you got to have somebody that's familiar with understanding how that vehicle is going to react when it gets on to a certain point on, on those obstacles. So, you know, maintaining control over the whole, the trail during that time, you know, making sure there's not more than one spotter and, uh, or that you're going to hand it off, making sure guys know when they're handing off to one another, the spotting responsibilities, uh, before they move on to something else. So there's a lot of things to take away from all this, but I will say if, if you guys are watching and listening, whatever that, Getting out there and just doing some spotting on, on a wheeling day is just as much fun, in my opinion, as the wheeling itself. To me, it's more fun, and you're going to get really good at it. Uh, obviously, if you did both, uh, you're just going to keep gaining more and more experience throughout the, the day and, and uh, over time. So and totally encouraging people to get out there and uh, share in the spotting responsibilities. So. So my question is for yeah. both of you: um, Are you, as far as your style spotting, uh, hand signals, verbal, both? I like hand signals because you don't have to worry if if they know you're doing hand signals, you can get a little bit further out than maybe you normally would. But there's no miscommunication. There's not as much miscommunication, I think, with hand signals. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes total sense. Yeah, makes total sense. Yeah, like when you get far in front of a vehicle and all the, and it's steep, all they can see is your hand up yeah. over the top. And other people are yelling stuff. They always will. Um, and you don't know if that's your guy or your, or your girl or the other person. So if you can see those hands and keep your eyes on those hands, you can do exactly what you're being told and just try to tune everybody else out. Um, and, and when you pull up, I mean, when I pull up to an obstacle, if there's a, what I call a bouquet of spotters and people with brilliant advice, I'll usually just point at one person and go, you got me. And I will do what that person tells me to do. And then usually the other people will convey, like Bubba said, to that central spotter. And that's the one I'm watching until they tell me to go to the next guy. So, yeah. uh, and I, you know, the only time I want to hear audio is if I hear uh, somebody yell, driver, driver, driver. I know I'm probably in trouble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or passenger, passenger, passenger. It's like, okay, that means all the way and let's just go ahead and stop. <laughs> so, Bubba, since you probably have more spotting experience than Tony and I, what would you, is there a type of driver and or vehicle that you would prefer not to spot? Me? Yeah. I think it's the guys that just think they know everything. You know, it's it doesn't necessarily come down to a vehicle. I mean, I think I could get any vehicle through an obstacle if, if the person's willing to listen to it. So I think it always comes down to the person. And I've straight up walked away from somebody that wouldn't wouldn't listen. You know, that they just wanted to, they wanted to do their own thing. All right, man, you understand that you're going to do this without any spot? Yeah. Okay. Well, good luck, dude. Right on, man. I hope, uh, you know, if you need help, let me know. 
and just back away from it because you know you can just waste your efforts out there but I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to expand on what Tony was saying about the hand signals. The reason why I think most of the time is regardless of how many times you tell the group, hey, keep it down, keep it quiet, you know, this guy's stressing out, whatever, he, you know, you guys need to back off and shut up. And no matter what, sometimes you'll just get those people that are standing three feet away from that guy's door while he's trying, you know, he's already stressed out and he's trying to pay attention to me and he can't hear me. Well, then he can just kind of zone them out and just pay attention to the hand signals and, you know, like the come here, stop, you know, passenger, driver, you know, whatever, you know, creep up on it, stuff like that. I'll do things like that where it's like if you're doing all the all the fingers, like, come on, man, you got this. Two fingers, mm -hmm. like slow, go a little bit slower, go half speed or whatever. But, you know, that kind of stuff, as long as you establish those things with the, with the drivers before they go, then generally speaking, whatever's going out on the trail and whoever's talking and all that sidebar shit – Hopefully they can tune it out and just, you know, I'm still using, even if I'm vocally, audibly communicating with them, I'll still use hand signals just to make sure in case they don't hear me. So I think that's super important. Yeah. other I mean, there's not really any vehicle or, you know, out there that I wouldn't, that I'd look at. And I'm just like, oh, I'm not going to spot this thing. I mean, okay. it usually comes down to the guy or girl driving the vehicle. I mean. Yeah. You know, in, in spite of your efforts, no matter how hard you try sometimes and, and you try and spot somebody through slow and easy and, and comfortably, I've had people just burn out halfway through a trail, you know, uh, a, a day out on the trails and just burn out without saying anything and go home and sell their vehicle. Because uh, no matter what and how, how much confidence you try to, try to give them, they just figured out that it wasn't them. So you don't always take – don't ever – Take it personal, you know, if you're out there spotting people and they don't want to listen to it or whatever. I mean, if you have other people coming up to you and you telling you that you're doing a bad job, that's one thing. But I've never had anybody come up to me and say, hey, man, you're doing a you're doing a shit job today or something. I mean, I would hope that if I was, they would tell me, but I've never had that done. But, you know, ultimately it falls on the driver. And I think that's the point I was making earlier about knowing when to back down from an obstacle. Um, if you're not comfortable doing it, even with a spotter, that responsibility falls back on you. You know, you can blame the spotter all you want to, but you're the one driving it. If you don't feel like you can do it, then back off. So. Yep. If the spotter tells you to back off too, you can, you can get pissed about it, but he probably has your best interest in mind. Absolutely. I, mean, I don't think anybody would tell somebody to back down off an obstacle and don't do it because they just want to be a dick. Yep. Right. I know you're going to get hurt or you're going to break something. So. Yeah. Most of the time. Um, they want you to get up it. I mean, they would love to be the one that got you up. That yeah, time. exactly. That's what I was saying earlier. Like I, the thing that I enjoy about spotting is being given, giving that person the confidence to do something. Normally, if they're asking me to spot them, it's because they don't know what, they don't know how to do it, and so or they're they're uncomfortable and unsure, but they want to do it. I remember Ryan that I, I, I kind of pushed him to do some stuff before that he didn't think that he could do or he wasn't comfortable doing or whatever. And, you know, I got him up and over those obstacles. And after that, you know, he just had so much more confidence to to do a lot more stuff with his Jeep. He, he got, you know, he figured out how capable it was. And that was when he was on a mostly stock rig. You know, he made it 37s, but yeah. um, for the most part, it's still stock axles and V6. And he learned something about his vehicle and himself that day. Yes. So, you know. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's the satisfaction I think that people get out of spotting. It's not like they're out there maliciously telling you to do stuff. And if you get a spotter that's out there and he's just trying to wreck your Jeep or your rig, whatever, then just, I call it a day and drive home. I wouldn't even mess with that anymore. Unless, you know, if it, if it takes a spotter that day, I wouldn't even mess with it. 
Okay, so I do have one more thing. Ooh. Um, I would like to know, in your opinion, uh, or just some advice on how do I become a spotter or a better spotter? Any words on that? Well, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, when you go out wheeling and you're in a group of people, maybe you leave your Jeep behind and just walk the trails and hang out with the guy spotting. Keep your mouth shut. Ask him why after after they're done. Ask him why he or her, you know, whoever chose the line or whatever they did or how they how they determine that. You know, that way you kind of know what to be watching for on the next time. He or she may be pointing people in a certain direction to keep a rock from rolling out from underneath them or, or underneath them. And, you know, because that can be a thing. Everybody has a reason for the way they're spotting. So if you don't know what it is, ask the person that's spotting. Just get as much information from them as you can and pay attention and keep your mouth shut until you feel like you got to ask a question. And then um, ultimately you will get better at it. I think you're going to get a lot more out of that than you will just out there blindly, you know, going out and wheeling every single time, never getting out of the vehicle, never watching those guys or girls spot people over. You're never going to figure it out. Just sitting from the, you know, sitting in the seat of your vehicle, get out and kind of just watch and learn. So. So from the opposite sides of things, Tony, why do you prefer not to spot or do you not prefer it? Or cause you said you don't spot much. That's why I'm just kind of wondering. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't run out and ask to spot. I mean, I did, you know, I feel like if I've been videoing for a while, watching four or five, six rigs come down an obstacle, I can probably um, get them down that obstacle safely if I needed to, but uh, I'm not one to, to run out and just totally go, Hey, I got you um, on a trail. I don't know, or something like that. But, but, you know, to say that I have done it before because I've found people that were just run across people just terrified and where they were and were concerned, you know, and I'm not going to leave somebody behind, but there's people like Bubba and the guys out at Jeep exclusive when we're out there, they know what they're doing. They don't, they don't need my oh, help. I know what I'm doing. Well, I was just That's wondering because you have, you obviously have some experience as a driver for sure. You've done miles of trails. And so I was just kind of curious. I, I always forget to your videoing. So there's that as well. I mean, you're busy doing that. Yeah. So I mean, I, I can get the person down, but it's, uh, I'd rather watch and video and I'm still learning. I mean, it's still, there's still things that I'm like, that's, that's, I wouldn't do that. You know, I wouldn't send them there. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I guess I, like magic would. happens all of a sudden. Mag Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> now I get it. It's a beautiful mind. There's pictures everywhere. Uh, yeah. Physics <laughs> happening. <laughs> I, I kind of like the video thing. I want to figure out how to get a monitor up so that I can watch this with you uh, and Tony can as well. And uh, I think we should do more of that. I think we should do more video critique. I do. I like reaction videos. I love watching reaction videos. Yeah. And what would be cool if, if like one of us brings it and the other two don't know what they're getting ready to see. <laughs> right. Like check this and have out. People, have people send us links to videos that, you know, they want us to check out and talk about. That'd be fun. Yeah, I need to create an, uh, probably create an email account for the podcast and then just have people like submit stuff to that and uh, we could kind of pick through it and ideas and videos and stuff like that. And uh, we, I, I kind of like that idea though. I had fun doing that. I wish I could have watched the video uh, the way you guys were watching it. Tony's like catching side, side eye of the video here and, and Ryan's just hogging it all. Yeah, let's yeah, uh, email account Ryan's mom at exodus four by four dot com. Yeah, yeah, and thanks, <laughs> thanks again, Cheryl, and uh, Tim and Matt, 
for yeah. listening to the podcast multiple times. So running the numbers up, running the numbers up for us. Yep. Right, right on Rogan's heels right now. We're just nipping at him. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Ryan's mom's got seventeen tabs open in incognito mode, running his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna get his number. Yeah. All right. Well, let's shut it down and get back to work, guys. Okay. All right. Thanks, All right. everybody. We're out of here. <laughs>